When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, guys, so real quick before we get the show started, two things. First off, the audio is going to sound a little funny today, especially my track. I had something switched wrong, and the only usable audio I could use was from the actual interview from the Google Hangouts. Normally, I record a separate track. It's a long story, but I lost the good audio, but at least we have the audio. And this episode was too good to just kind of throw away or redo. The second thing. There is a little bit of language in this episode, a couple a couple here and there's. I just wanted to throw that out there in case there's like a, a child listening with you or something like that. Just wanted to give you a heads up. They're quick. They're not drawn out. They're not extremely nasty, but just a heads up. Guys, enjoy the show. Support for Analog Talk comes from the camera culture website, casualphotofile.com. With in-depth reviews of interesting cameras and legacy lenses, film news and profiles, industry retrospectives, and a unique editorial perspective. If you're into cameras and photography, this is one of the best blogs around. See more at casualphotofile.com. Support for Analog Talk also comes from Polaroid Originals. Go to polaroidoriginals.com and use the offer code ANALOGTALK10 at checkout to receive 10% off your next purchase. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Analog Talk, a film photography podcast. I'm your host, Chris. I'm Tim. And today's special guest, we have Travis Mortz of Forest Hill Film Lab. Hey Travis, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. For our listeners, kind of give a background on yourself and how you got started in photography and all that fun stuff. Uh, all right, I'll I'll try to keep it brief, but uh, <laughs> you don't have to uh, keep it brief. You can give us the whole. Okay, well, um, <laughs> my name is Travis Mortz. Uh, I've been shooting film for a little over twelve years. Uh, nice. I found uh, I found a Nikon EM at a at a flea market, and I bought it for sixty bucks. Nice, and I shot. I shot like 15 rolls in the first month of having it, and I decided that um, it was costing me a lot of money, and I I didn't know what I was doing because the EM was <laughs> aperture priority, so I had yeah, no control. Yeah. Um, so for high school graduation, I got a digital camera so I can shoot more, and so I honed my skills that way. Of course, you know a lot of us have, and then but I but I, I still shot film periodically throughout my digital experience. I never stopped. I started I started taking photography classes shortly after getting the digital camera and and that's where I really fell in love with film because mm-hmm. I got to do it myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of almost immediately started out doing it myself and that really shaped my photography in the future. You know, I, I had a Hasselblad early on, so I've been shooting medium format for over a decade now, nice. um, and that really um, gave me the appreciation for film that even though I was shooting a lot of digital, I knew there was a, a distinct difference. I wasn't just plinking around my AE-1 and a digital. I had a Hasselblad and I knew there's mm-hmm. more out there, oh, you yeah. know? And so, um, 
so yeah, I kind of always did both. And then uh, a few years ago, probably about four or five years ago, I decided that I, I was just really tired of editing and all the digital stuff. And I had so many film cameras. I'm I'm kind of a vintage camera collector. So cool. um, <laughs> I I just sold all my digital cameras and went strictly film and really like dedicated a lot of my money and energy into my darkroom and kind of built the lab of my dreams at this point. And now I could shoot a roll of film and see it in 45 minutes. And so that's I, the key right there. <laughs> yeah, that's so now I'm living the dream really. And that, and then basically, once I started living the dream, I was like, hey, I should tell everyone else about this because yeah, yeah. it's not that hard. <laughs> <laughs> and so now I'm like a, a film prophet. <laughs> <laughs> you really are. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So I'm, I'm doing my best, and that's kind of that's my story, I guess. Good, good that, story. So when you when you took the photography class, was it like at college, like community college? Because I took the one photography class that my like community college offered when I went for like a semester, and it was a darkroom class. Did you spend time in the darkroom then, or did you kind of find all that stuff on your own by realizing your love for film? No, uh, actually, yeah, my my first photography class was a darkroom class and yes. uh, funny story was like the the first day I had learned about photography from a friend of mine that was it, he went to high school photography class I didn't so he was just kind of relaying the information to me and I was picking it up so my first day in college photography class the teacher's asking questions and I keep raising my hand <laughs> and by the end of the day he said you're not allowed to answer questions anymore and so the my first day of photo class I wasn't allowed to answer any more questions and uh, you're making him look bad right and so the the next semester I actually became his teacher's aide oh awesome oh nice cool. and I stayed a teacher's aide for about 4 or 5 years and that's kind of where my my knack for teaching this has come from because I spent so many hours in the classroom actually hearing these lessons multiple times and hearing about composition and learning about mm -hmm. all the photography grades every semester because I was in the same class every oh, semester. Man. And so, yeah, I really fell in love with film in the darkroom because I was basically a teacher's aide, so I had that darkroom time. Yeah, that's that's like the – we talk about – we've talked about, you know, spending time in the darkroom and like one of the major things that I miss and I think – like I've started to get back into developing my own film, but it's that, you know, the next step is the like print. being able, because when I was in school, it was like, we did, you know, went shot, we developed, and then it was like right into the dark room, you know? And, and you really get the complete satisfaction of the full process. Oh yeah. And, and I can even, I guilty, I'm guilty admitting this, that, uh, you know, I cut out that final process a lot because mm -hmm. it's, we do stop at the technology phase and we scan and that's beautiful and it's an awesome thing, but I'm still getting caught up in the same trouble I had with my digital camera of shooting and not printing. Of course, I have the option to later, but that darkroom time really completes your understanding of what is happening inside of your camera. Yeah. You get to reverse the process. You get to say, okay, first I exposed this negative with light and now I've got it. And then once I flip it back over, I'm doing the same exact thing to this piece of paper, but I get to watch it happen instead right. of it happening Which instead is of like the little thing. The mo I mean, it's cliche to say, but it really is like the magic part of it, you know? Oh, right. Sure. And, and it's the reason that I scream about this stuff from the rooftops because it's like <laughs> uh, now my college – so my, my original 60A introduction to photography class, we had to shoot 10 rolls throughout the semester and the final assignment was five rolls. 
just one assignment. Well, now the first half of the semester is shot on digital cameras and the whole entire semester is three rolls of HP5. So these kids never even get to spend hours in the darkroom. These kids never even get to learn how their camera is seeing light because they're not developing that stuff right away. They're developing it halfway into the semester when they're already accustomed and not waiting. And so Mm -hmm. people are just missing out. Like, you know, photography is not on a computer screen and photography doesn't need to exist. You don't need to have batteries charged and all that stuff to make it happen. So that's kind of what we're here for. Right. That's so true. I was thinking about that. I think it was like yesterday. I was just sitting in traffic in my car and thinking about how... Uh, um, how we get scared. Uh, we talk about it a lot, like how film photographers are always like scared to take that, that jump into letting go of their digital camera for professional work. But oh, yeah. it, it's just crazy. I think people are just scared of not having the control of, of the, the control of the, cause you can shoot raw and shoot. I mean, the raw photos are usually 85% ugly. You know, there's no, magic yeah. to them you know there's and, no and you could shit the bed on the exposure and still be fine there's yeah yeah no accountability really but it, but it's crazy because then you think of like shooting you know 400 speed portra for the same thing you know chris you say it all the time like oh i just always wish i would have shot more of those mm-hmm. film shots you know because that's i don't know i i just it, it bumps me out that people are so scared or too scared to try and actually you know live that kind of dream thing that they want of shooting it's, more film professionally like right. it's not I mean, hard we, it's not no. hard at all <laughs> it's not it's i mean this is what i tell people and let me be your inspiration if you want to do this <laughs> but you know we i fell in love with photography in the early 2000s and so i had a choice to shoot digitally we a lot of us do but if we were, if it was 1985 and I right. was a dude that loved photography and I picked up that film camera at the same flea market and I decided I wanted to make money with my camera because, you know, back then it wouldn't seem so damn easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would have all this same knowledge and I would have to apply it and I would have nothing but faith in my film. Right. I would have nothing but confidence that it would work because what the hell else would I have? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of funny to think about. You know? Yeah, no one was shooting on Polaroids because they were scared of it, it not turning out. No. That would make no, they were like, no, it's going to turn out. My film's always light sensitive. And if I do my job, it'll do its job, you know? Man. I, uh, a few years ago, I des- when I decided that I was not going to shoot digitally, I still got hit up for weddings. And I said, well, yeah, time to shoot my hostel blood at a wedding. It yes. will do the job. And so I put my my Hasselblad on one side and my F100 on the other. My F100 is my failsafe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> my autofocus F100, was I really doing that much? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was really cheating. And I mean, I crushed it. It was absolutely no problems. I, and the, the beauty of it was is that I shot 275 photos for a whole wedding. Yeah. Yeah, uh. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they were so good. They were all yeah. so good. And when I went to edit them, you know what editing was? It was just sorting. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm so good at sorting. All the weddings I shot in the past where, where I had to sit and call, like, because I would have, it would be me and my, my, my business partner, my partner. And between the two of us, it was like 1,500 each. Ugh. Yeah. Why? And we have to like go through and like spend a week 
well, maybe not that long, but like a long time sitting and just being like this one, this one, this one, not this one, this one, you know, like the, 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 the. Or but we're the to, biggest to, critics. Just to, and to, to get it down to even still an unreasonable number, we'd get it down to like sometimes we'd be like, "Is nine hundred? Is that seem like like it's, it's, <laughs> it still seems like not enough now, right? Nine hundred's not enough." It's like, no, it's enough. Like, <laughs> yeah, I've delivered a hundred images before, mm-hmm. and my client never said, "Where's the rest?" Right? Yeah, because because you know what it's all about. It's all about covering the event. Can you cover the story? Can you tell the story in this many images? I think. I think I could tell a whole wedding in five images. Right. So anything more than that's extra. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. like not to, not to like hate on digital because I think film like changes your mindset. Like I'm interested yes, now to see like because I've shot film and I know to slow down to shoot a wedding now being like a hybrid shooter, digital and film. I bet I could – I feel like my whole like mindset is different. Like I know, okay, I don't need 17 of this shot. <laughs> what camera do you use for the kiss? Yes. Uh, all right. <laughs> I mean, it was always the digital. Yeah. <laughs> For me, I hold the F100 and I focus my Hasselblad ahead of time and I get the F100 shot and I drop it and I grab the Hasselblad and I get two. I get two formats. I get two kiss shots. I'm nice. shooting an F8. And, and you know what? If I missed it, that's just part of the story, but you don't miss it. You yeah, never yeah, miss yeah. it. You never miss it. <laughs> And you know you gotta you gotta learn to trust it. And I just shot I just shot a wedding the other day. It was a side of the road wedding, super oh, wow. easy. They, oh, cool. I, where I live, we we live in a canyon, so the side of the road wedding is a canyon overlooking. Oh wedding. yeah, so it's gorgeous. Very. They, it was a two hour wedding. They had no plans at all, and I shot. Uh, three rolls of Fuji C200. So I shot $10 worth of film. (laughs) (laughs) And I shot one roll of black and white Hasselblad. And my girlfriend shot with me. She shot two, three rolls of film also. So, you know, between the two of us, we have 200 photos from this side of the road, two hour wedding. Amazing. They're going to be so good. Like they're so good. The clouds are changing the whole time. Uh, It started raining at one point. Everything's excellent. And I was not nervous going into it because why would I be? My film yeah. is fine. And my girlfriend said, hey, I, I shot one of those 200 rolls at 400. She was like, do you want me to keep track of it? I said, no. no. <laughs> It'll be fine. She said, why? <laughs> I said, it doesn't matter. It's fine. I won't even be able to tell you which one it was when we yeah. developed them. Right. I know. And, that's so funny. That's so And funny I went home and that. I got to de- – I went and developed them and, you know, it, it doesn't take me any longer. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. Um the, you just gotta it, it really only takes as long as you are ambitious yeah and it, it hit me when Wendy when we had Wendy on last she said about because we always worry about malfunction and something could potentially go wrong with film there's this fear that they're Ooh, you know yeah. the, the role's not going to make it to the to the developer or you know but you a prime example your video on your trip to China, you know, when you were talking about hard drives and how they yeah. fail and it's just so crazy. Like we have all had SD cards and had to hard drives. card and like two weeks ago. I just went to go click on my downloads and I accidentally clicked on where my hard drive is in my dock and yeah. a question mark popped up. And oh. now I'm, I'm like, cool. Is it dead or is it just unplugged? I haven't even figured that out yet. Man, I've had, I've had more problems with the hard drives and even compute, like the computer itself, like had just, uh, the one wedding that I, that I shot like solely myself, it was just friends and same thing, just ran around with a digital camera and a film camera on my hip and, you know, lost 
all of the main raw digital files. All I had of were course. like the first round of edits of the whole thing, which they still loved. It was still fine. But, you know, I lost 1,200 raw files. And yeah, it's never, not safe is what it is. Yeah, it's, 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 not not, safe. it's not safer than the, you know, than shooting. I don't know. I, I hate, <laughs> just like Chris <laughs> said, I hate the war because there's people that are just like, oh, you're so hard on digital. And it's like... Yeah, I'm, it's like I, I want to. I, I just want to make people aware because people yeah. are unaware. Because when I go to friends' kids' birthday parties and their kids blowing out candles, I'm there with the goddamn point and shoot, and yeah. they're there with the cell phone, and and mm. it almost offends me. It's almost <laughs> like you know that your kid is not going to ever see that photo again. Because yeah. do you mm. have your first iPhone? No. Right. Do you have your second or Especially your third or your Especially if you're sharing fourth? on like a Snapchat or like an Insta story. It's like what gone and out. What the hell are these people doing? The day. Yeah. Yeah. This is the part that gets me. They're spending the same time and effort as I do holding a camera up to my face. They are actually actively documenting the moment. They are doing the footwork and they are losing it instantaneously. And realistically, mm-hmm. Snapchat is just a, a super speedway for all of your digital files. <laughs> yeah. It really, really is because – I dropped my phone and the screen broke and the whole damn thing bent. And you know what? I, I haven't even plugged it in yet to see if I can back it up. Those photos yeah. are as good as God. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I don't use my phone that way. I, when I go camping, I, I'm not out there on the campgrounds with my phone out. Right. I'm, I'm shooting five film photos and I'm done and it's fine. But I'm just trying to tell people that like – the only reason we know what we look like as children is because our parents had no choice. Yeah, it's you know what? It's funny because I was just um, – I unfortunately had to go back home for a funeral. We had a, um, a death in the family. We were going through the photo books and I was That's like, man, we don't take pictures like this sorry, anymore. Yeah. We just yeah. don't, you know? And I was like, you know, you're looking at the photos and I was like, I wonder who took that. Like, wonder what like that whole moment was actually like, you know? Right. And like, I don't know. It's hard to – that's the hardest time and you know it's morbid to think about when I'm photographing my friends but when I photograph my friends and I think about if anything bad ever happens to them, I am their historian mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, just last year a friend of mine passed, you know, obviously way too young and I was left with that task of going through my archives and looking for photos of him and I found uh, the last time we ever hung out, we went to this aquarium and I – I, he like dragged me along on a Tinder date and I hated it the whole damn time. I was like bitching and moaning the whole time. I told him I'm not ever coming down here to hang out with you because I, I didn't come down here to Los Angeles to go to the aquarium of all places. And I realized the last photo I ever shot of him was him reaching in a stingray tank. And um. it was – then I realized, like, I, I fucking love that photo now. Yeah. yeah. And I got to share that photo and that story with his family. And I realized, you know, 20 years from now, when his Facebook profiles expired right. and his Instagram photos are no longer up, because those are, those are the photos that his, at his, like, little funeral thing uh, that were printed were his Facebook po- profile yeah. photos looking like shit. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I, and I was there with my, with my Leica documenting his, he was he had a military service mm-hmm. and I documented it. I got to give his mom these photos, but I still have them. Like just in case she loses the whatever I sent her. Right. You know, and it's like that's what we do this for. It's for those lifetime memories and it only takes half of a second. <laughs> it only takes a fraction of a second to document a friend and it they're captured forever like a Ever. time yeah. capsule. Mm-hmm. Yep. And but that's for every single person and people forget and and you know, it's it sucks when you realize it too late. Oh, for sure. 
And, and, and you know, the other thing is that when, when it does happen, nobody ever goes through that person's computer. Right. It's very personal. Yeah, I mean, we, we went through photo albums, you know? Yeah. You weren't like, where's, where's the laptop? I'm going to get in that hard drive. Cause that's very invasive and it's not yeah. the first place we think to go. Mm-hmm. And, and you, ugh, it's just very, that's not where I want my family looking for their memories, right. you know, because it'd be hard to find. No one knows my filing system. I don't even know it. That's like a big testament to like printing your work too. like print the memories, you know, regardless. Make it easy. Yeah. Make it easy for the next. If we're, if we're going to be taking all these pictures for no reason anyways, <laughs> we're doing print all them. this work. Yeah. Print them anyways. Timothy, you, you're you're uh, the master of that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I wouldn't say the master. I hit, you know, file print just like everybody else. But I, I always try to print at least four by sixes of the entire role. I know that's kind of oh, crazy, wow. but it, it's, it, it got too overwhelming. I'm a little behind because, you know, I shoot, you know, anywhere from three to seven rolls a week, basically. So it's kind of hard for me to keep up on it that much with going through, you know, ink is a hundred dollars for right. a, oh, a wow. set. But, you know, I try to, now I try to cherry, at least cherry pick my favorites and at least print something from each role. Maybe if it's like two or three photos, I'm at least printing something and putting it That's in good. little, little photo albums. I, I would love, I remember when I built the last apartment I lived in before we were in this one, I built, we were fortunate enough to have two bathrooms. So I built a little, little and larger dark room out of the bathroom. And it was just one of those little bezler like tabletops. The biggest uh-huh. that we go is eight by 10 and. It was great because I would shoot and then I'd just go in and work on focusing on like printing a couple different images from that role. And just like you said earlier, Chris, it's it's the magic that happens with that. And I was so proud when I was like, mm-hmm. you know, physically wet printing my prints. It was just mind blowing. And the things you can come up with doing that, too. I Oh, yeah. While printing, I was like, oh, man. Ilford sells four by, I think they were like four by five or four by six postcards. It's a postcard yes, back. Yes, I remember like, those. Uh-huh. Yes. Place stamp here, postcard back, so but awesome. emulsive paper on the front. And I made a whole series. I, I, I called it, uh, oh man, I forget what it was called. It was called like Staycation or something like that. And I every time my parents come down every year, I usually try to base a little tiny project around them being here. Just, they're very hard to photograph. They're not like about being in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of like sneaky shots of mom and my, you know, my dad awesome. and stuff like that. But they don't get to see those. So I want to like print them and share because I kind of stopped sharing online. Okay. I, I don't know why. I just, I, I felt not that I was giving it away because, you know, it's, it's not like I'm trying to make millions off of these photos. I just, I feel like I've said this before too, a couple of times. Like I feel like once I put something on Flickr or Instagram, I feel like that photos kind of run its course, you know, mm-hmm. like it's, it's almost yeah. dead in a way, like, or kind of we forget about it in a couple, in a Absolutely. couple days or, you know, so I try to keep things now and, I I feel a lot better about it. It sucks because I'm not keeping up to date with my socials, but man, come on. Did you guys see that Jason Lee just said he bought like a flip phone? Thank you for reminding me. I wanted to talk about this on the show because that when I saw that, I was like, (gasps) oh my God. I I was just like, dude, that is so awesome. He bought like a 90s flip phone and it's just like, I'm going to be using my website from now on for my, you know, blog posts and updates instead of, and he's like, I realize it. I'm not going to have the Instagram following that I had, but he, he, he's not, it, it, I don't know. We get so wrapped up in it. Yeah. 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 Like it's always a numbers game 
no matter what you say. Like, it's always your, oh, I'm almost at 2,000. Mm -hmm. Oh, I got 179 likes. Like, it's always a numbers game. At least it is for me, even though I say every week on this show, it's not about that. You know, <laughs> because it's deep down inside, it's really not. But like, we're doing it because we want to still. Yeah. yeah. But there's a quick fix you get when you get that, you know, when you put that up there and you see people are like, damn, good photo, buddy. Like, yeah, you know, like, absolutely. It feels so good to get that. But man, I'm I'm just like, especially someone of his caliber that he can just be like, uh, my phone's from 1997. Yep. I'm not posting anything anymore. You can go to my website. If and you email find me out or what something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, that, that is, is awesome. So, uh, you know, I'm I'll be I'll be honest. Uh. As far as that whole Instagram thing goes, I am a contributor, but I don't reciprocate. So I don't, you know, I don't like a whole lot. I don't really follow a whole lot. You know, mm -hmm. even you messaging me, uh, I don't listen to podcasts. Like I, I yeah. think you have a YouTube channel, but I don't watch mm -hmm. it. So mm -hmm. tell me, what do you, <laughs> what do you, are you, you have a YouTube channel? What, what's your story? Well, we, we both do. I mean, Chris yeah. and I yeah, both. So that's what um, I want to hear about. Yeah, I mean, I took a break on mine for a little bit because I was I was yeah. ruining it, you know. Like, there's I'm starting to do that too. <laughs> the there's like an art aspect to my channel. Like, I try to make mine a, a story. Like, you know okay. how everybody's into like the vloggy vlog stuff these days. Right, right. right. I, I kind of wanted to tell a story with it because I love making movies. Like, making movies is a it's not a it's not like the front runner passion, but it's definitely like in there. I love the editing. I like getting my hands dirty with video. Mm -hmm. I like shooting for a certain look and a, you know, okay. I, and I, I was really on a roll there for a while. Like my channel was getting some exposure and growing and, and it was fun and just kind of like the Instagram thing that I just said and, and Flickr. And, you know, I'm probably shooting more photos now that I'm not shooting for a YouTube video. Right. Or I'm not shooting for Instagram and stuff like that. Like I'm remembering why I got into this and why it's like a passion. Cause I was, I was starting to resent it. You know what I mean? I was really yeah. starting to get like, Oh man, everybody's doing a P3200 video. I need to order three rolls <laughs> yeah. of the video like tomorrow. Like that's not I why I do this. I like, feel you on, on that. I 100% in there. I'm like, I don't, I make videos cause I kind of wanted to share my knowledge, but like, yeah, yeah. At the same time, it's like third or fourth or fifth on my list of things to do. Mm. Like, yes. And so people will message me like, make more videos. I'm like, I also kind of don't care, but yeah. I will try. <laughs> <laughs> and so you have a YouTube as well? Yeah, I do. Um, I mean, the YouTube's kind of just like a fun thing I do here and there. And it's the same reason why I wanted to start the podcast. Basically, like the community and bringing people together, like like-minded people. Mm -hmm. So I just use it as a space to like, just, I don't know, to have the conversation and, and get to talk to people and be I know nerds. the feeling. Yeah. I know, yeah. I know the urge. I yeah. mean, the, every, every time someone approaches me about a podcast, I say yes immediately. Like I, I did a podcast with some guy in Germany. I don't even know if anyone listened to it, but I did it because <laughs> he wanted to. And I'm like, yes, no matter what, anyone who asks me to do a podcast, I will always say yes because I love talking and i do want to be part of the community because right. i know that i am mm -hmm. uh you know a, a small part but it's uh it's a fun community to be in because you get to you get to know everybody and you get to recognize right. other people and also sure. it's so exciting when someone new comes in because you get to almost live that same excitement that you felt when you started shooting through them you get to see how stoked they are that their camera doesn't suck or whatever. Yeah, you know? that's like, like the, um, best, the, the best part, especially for this show, is like the little analog talk community we have. I mean, I've made friends 
I told you Timothy Andre's coming yeah. out in like five days and we have all these plans to like That's nuts. I can't yeah, believe that. go shooting and it's like I wouldn't have known him unless we had started the show. So the community aspect is definitely my favorite part of this film world for me. It's crazy too how small the community really is. Um Yeah. Every I agree with that. Every time I go to San Francisco, somebody recognizes me on the street. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Like every time. Like I went down there one time and there was a guy with an F1. I said, hey, Canon F1, nice. He said, yeah. And you know, I go talk to him and I had a film camera on, of course. And he goes, yeah, you, you're on YouTube, right? You're Travis. No and I'm like, way. Whoa, weird. <laughs> and this guy ended up uh, being like a manager for the Chrome store and I got a – a photo like a gallery feature in the store from it oh shit awesome which man. was yeah really cool yeah. and then i was in a bookstore in the hate and this guy comes up to me and he goes you're travis mortz right and i'm like yeah. you're like a celebrity and this guy was from israel visiting wow. san francisco wow i'm like Whoa. what the hell i was in a bookstore like i was not in a film photography spot and yeah yeah it blows me away and it's times like that that uh Makes it keeps me motivated to still make content and right. still. I mean, that's why you know I I do post a lot on my Instagram mostly because I shoot so damn much that I don't <laughs> know what else I do with yeah. it. But also, it's like uh, it's almost like to show people like, hey, you know, there's people out here actively doing it. It's not that difficult. It's you know, it's affordable if you make it affordable, and it's possible if you make it possible. But it's uh, it's a fun community. To be part of, and it's like I said, it's kind of weird being recognized sometimes, but oh, I sure. appreciate it. <laughs> Man, it's I, really cool. I, I have a, a funny recognize. Like, I mean, I have a very small. I have like a quarter of the subscribers that you have and stuff like that. But there okay. was, I was like backing out of my driveway, heading to like pick up my girlfriend or go to work or something like that, and I got pinned in my driveway by this grandma with her grandson. And Brandon, I'm sorry if you're listening to this. I had to tell the story. <laughs> he like, they pinned me in the driveway and she's like, are you Timothy makeups? And I'm like, yeah, that's me. And she's like, my grandson, like, He's he fell in love with photography because of you and Aww. stuff like that. And she was doing the old like, go talk to him, Sonny, like pushing <laughs> him to me. And he's his head's down. He's embarrassed because his grandma just like stopped me in my driveway and was like, you know, but like, man, just to think that, you know, something I did is got this yeah. kid, you know, shooting film and not, you know, he'll message me and he'll be like, oh, man, I got an A1. What? What, what should I do to develop this film or where can I send it for this or what camera should I get next? You know, it's just like, I don't know. We all have this, like the community of, you know, YouTubers or podcasters or just like content creator people. Like we all have our hand in this a little bit, especially mm -hmm. with the podcast. Like Chris, like you said, we get messages all the time, as I'm sure you do. It's like, man, so I have portrait 400 if i push it to 800 do i develop it at, like it's just always answering questions and, right and you know sometimes i don't know the answer but it'll be like hey man i have never done that but you know uh you should go ask this guy or watch a right. couple of his videos you know like it's just and we've talked about this a thousand times too like with the with uh just like the other i don't want to say digital with the other side of photography there's there's a lot of resentment and like hate and ridicule on that side and i mean not that the film photography community doesn't have that like there's definitely like a push-up contest in the film community as well right but you know i feel like people are so much more willing to help out and to if i had a question about something travis that i knew you knew the answer to or you you know maybe could point me in the right direction i'm not 
scared to ask you and the chances of talking to you is a lot higher than you know Frono's photo like if yeah. i'm like ooh right. i wonder if he knows how to do you know he would never reply to me you know like there's, there's just, a thousand people asking him how to do hdr yeah. or whatever <laughs> exactly like i i just feel like this community is so like tight-knit even people that seem you know i never thought we'd interview you or bellamy hunt or wendy right. Morrill or you know all the people that we've gotten to talk to because of this community like it's I don't like, know. I'm always like that heart eye emoji anytime <laughs> yeah. I think about this. <laughs> That's, yeah, it's awesome though. I I do. Yeah, I do love it, and it is it is an interesting thing because when I, I, you know, I wouldn't even say that the other side, as we call it, yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't really even say that they have a community because there's so many people that yeah. it's it's beyond community size. You know, it's yeah. like. I was part of like a Sacramento photographers group and there was 30,000 people in it. I said, how are there 30,000 people in Sacramento that are photographers when there's only 20,000 film photographers on on Facebook? Right. You know, how how are there 30,000 Sacramento photographers? It's insane. Yeah. And so uh, the community gets so expanded that there's no one – there's no one relishing in helping you. No one's going to feel good about getting, making you better because we all start out so damn good because our cameras aren't bad. Yeah. You know, so it's like, it's a weird thing. Like, like I was saying, like, I find personal joy in helping someone along their way. Like, I got a, I got a young buddy that, um, went to Woodward camp and he was a young camper and, you know, he's all about his skate photos. And I told him, you know, shoot him on film. This is why you're going to want these photos later. These are the best years of your life. You're all that good stuff. And now he started shooting a ton of film, a ton of film. And he starts getting photos in Thrasher magazine. Oh, yeah. Nice. And awesome. I'm like, yes, like, yes, like you're doing it. And I'm, and I'm planting some inspiration in you. I, you know, I taught him about Dorothea Lange and I explained to him why history matters and I taught him why we're doing this shit and he's he finally understands it and he really put his heart into it and so I get proud when I see him do good and that's every person that messages me that says you taught me Sunny 16. I'm like, cool. I could take a little bit of credit for your good exposures then. That makes me happy. You know? (laughs) I love it. Man, that's cool that you touched on Woodward. I wanted to ask you about that because I, you know, grew up skateboarding, loving skateboarding and stuff like that. Oh, you know all about it then. Yeah, it's uh, because I'm I'm originally from Pennsylvania and I think the the first Woodward is in. It sure is. Yeah. And um, so do you. Are you like an instructor or how does that work? What do you do for them or with them? I'll tell you all about it. So um, years ago, I I had a buddy that worked out there as the digital media instructor. So they have like, you could go there for BMX or skateboarding Mm -hmm. or whatever, but you could also go there. (laughs) You could go there like as a photographer. Yeah. Like, you know, like as a BMX action sports photographer kid. And you still get to ride with all your friends in the afternoon, but in the morning you're learning about photography, right? And so... I had a buddy that worked out there and, you know, they didn't take it real seriously. Like, you know, they didn't even have cameras for rent or anything like that. It was kind of like, bring your own stuff. We'll tell you how to use it and go have fun. Yeah. And so I said, hey, can I come out there as a, as a VIP, as a visiting pro? Because I wanted to ride Woodward for free. And so <laughs> Heck yeah. I go out there. But, you know, like I said, I was a teacher's aide. So I kind of had that teaching mm-hmm. drive in me. And this was even before I started my YouTube channel. And so I went out there and I put these kids through the ringer. Like I, day one, you were learning Sunny 16. Day two, you were learning about composition. Day three, you were learning about depth of field. 
I condensed a whole college course into a week at Woodward. It's amazing. And it was, yeah, it was amazing. And, and I was shooting digital and the kids were shooting digital that first semester or that first summer I went and the kids were all stoked and I got to meet Tony Hawk and, uh, and it was just amazing. It was really badass. But during nice. that Tony Hawk, <laughs> I got to meet Tony Hawk. Here's, here's where I switched. This is where my whole life changed. <laughs> so I was shooting Tony Hawk on the mega ramp doing oh, all wow. this crazy stuff Tony Hawk on the mega ramp yeah. and it's just me out there shooting him I could do whatever I want I could climb on the deck I got to shoot him and I go back to the digital media lab which is like a hop skip and a jump away from the mega ramp and I put my card into my laptop and it says cannot read oh, and, no. it, and then I was like okay we have 15 computers and then I plug it into a different computer card corrupt cannot read oh shit man so I'm losing my shit I shot a couple yeah. Polaroids on my Hasselblad, um, and so I had some Polaroids, and I did shoot some frames, but I'm still, like, not psyched at all, because, yeah. you know, no. what camera no. do you shoot the kiss with? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? I shot the kiss with my digital camera. Right. And so I went and, went and talked to Tony Hawk, and I took his portrait and told him what happened. It's like, I just lost all those photos. He didn't really give a shit, but he said, he said, well, he's like, what happened to my kid one time? And I had to buy this recovery software. Maybe you could do that. So $85 later, I recovered the card. Mm -hmm. But then I realized, wow, those photos that I took were really, really uh, fragile. Yeah. (laughs) And I wish I had shot more on the Hasselblad. And so that's when I realized, okay. So anyways, that was a switch. Anyway, so I come back to Woodward again, and this time I decided I'm bringing film cameras for the kids. Oh, uh, nice. And nice. I told the my guy at Woodward, buy a 100-foot roll of HP5. And so I came in there, and I would roll up 12 exposure rolls for the kids so I could fit three onto a spool. Day one, I teach them Sunny 16 rule, and I give the kids cameras with no light meters. And I say, go outside and take some skate photos. And they immediately cherished the photos. They yeah. immediately nice. did not shoot a thousand frames. They came back. Oh, I still have five left. Like, good. Good. Yeah. You still have five left. And, and then I taught them how this camera worked. And then in the afternoon, I said, okay, now you can play with your digital camera. And they put it on manual mode and they're shooting around knowing what aperture does. And this one girl, her dad comes at the end of the week and she said, dad, I know how to use our camera now. That's I'm going to be able to teach you. That's and so, cool. I like that. And so I really started to see these young kids picking it up immediately. And yeah. there was this one kid the first time I brought film. He was a biker kid. He was 11 years old and he fell and he hurt his wrist on the first day. So when you hurt your oh, wrist, they bring you into digital media and they say, hey, do something in here. So this kid <laughs> literally had zero interest in photography. Zero. He came to Woodward to ride his bike. He's 11. And I'm like, dude, I'm sorry you're here. They gave him a GoPro. I'm like, oh, I don't no. even know. Like, I don't even know what to do with the GoPro. I said, here's uh, you know, an old Minolta. And he learned along with these other kids. But the other kids had interest already. This kid had no interest or knowledge. Right. And by Fresh the late. end of the week, you guys, by the end of the week, he was developing film and I was sitting at the table on my phone. Wow. He was doing the whole process, agitating all of it, pulling the film out of the tank. I, I sent him home with the camera. He got his free film camera at Woodward. And he went – he kept in contact with me. He bought chemicals. 
No way. He started developing at home. His his dad had cameras at home he didn't even know about. His like wow. his grandpa had an old uh, Kiev rangefinder. Yeah. I'm like, dude, <laughs> you just scored. Uh, so yeah, now I've done this for like three years where I've been bringing my film. And last year I brought my whole Jobo processor and developed color oh, film no camp. Oh, no That's awesome. So, this, so now anyways – Woodward West was the only Woodward in the whole world. There's like five locations now that was doing film photography. And so um, this summer, I'm actually going to be flying out to Woodward East. Oh, and, hell yeah. And we're going to be doing a whole film week. And I'm going to be hosting the film week. And we're gonna. there's probably like 20 kids out there at, in the program. So yeah, we're going to be doing film out at Woodward East now uh, this summer That's when I go so out there. Cool. So yeah, it's, it's kind of special to me because uh, – I didn't have to do all that work. Yeah, but you never know who who you're going to inspire. Like it's amazing. Yeah, that kid and just I've walked into the, the to the digital lab or whatever, and, and now he's like developing his own film and like going through his closets at home to try and find exactly. cameras. Like that's 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 incredible. I and love I, that story. And I explained to the kid. I said, dude. Just so you know, you're the only kid in your school that knows how to do this. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that's sick. Like, just keep doing it. I'm like, you're the only kid in your school taking photos right now that you'll actually have when you're my age. That's amazing. <laughs> and and they're getting it. And and I realize it's the only way we could keep this stuff alive is if we teach the younger kids that don't yeah. know anything about it. Yeah, and they think real. it's magic. They really they love it. Yeah. I, I think it's magic. I'm yeah. so convinced it's like yeah. there's some witch witchcraft involved with this. 100%. And Man. So, yeah, it's been that's been really, really rewarding every summer being able to give it – every year a new kid gets it. You know, yeah. every kid yeah. – every year a new kid. They don't know I'm coming the week that they're there. And actually in the past I've had I've had parents message me, when are you coming back? My kid wants to go your week. And so I've had, awesome. I've had return kids come back just to take it my week. And uh, one girl went home and her dad had a, a Nikon F3 with like three lenses. <laughs> yeah. She brought the F3 the next year. She had a 105.25. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like the Afghan girl was shot with this lens. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jeez. That's, That's amazing. Awesome. Uh, yeah. I love it. Man. Can you, Travis, can you talk a little bit about your lab and your darkroom setup that you have? I know. Okay. I've seen a lot of it in your YouTube and it looks really awesome. So. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, well, so you know, I started out developing just like everyone else with a Patterson tank mm -hmm. and I had my fixer bottles under my kitchen sink and I did that for about eight years. It was really funny. I could never roll 120 on plastic. So I would do 120 <laughs> in metal and then 35 millimeter on plastic. And this is why I like try to push it so much because people see my lab now. They're like, yeah, it's easy. But like I did it the hard way for so yeah. long. Oh, yeah. like, you know, I was, I was scanning on like a crappy Epson that only took two strips at a time. Like I did all of it. But uh, years ago, I was on the beach in um, Monterey and I was shooting my big old 4x5 Graflex. And this old Jewish man comes up to me. He was a photography professor in um, Jerusalem. No and wow. he was visiting. And he goes, he recognized, I had a Graflex SLR and he recognized the camera. So I was able to talk to this guy immediately. Yeah. And he said, how are you developing your 4x5? And I'm like, oh shit. Like, <laughs> I'm not, he's not going to like my answer. And I said, I'm doing it in a, a Yankee daylight tank, <laughs> you know? And he's like, <laughs> yeah. he like looks so disappointed and he said, are you getting even development? I said, no, definitely not. Like yeah. hor horrible development. I'm having trouble with four by five. And he told me, he said, you need to get a Jobo processor. 
I'm like, what? And I, I'd only heard of him. I never looked into it. He's like, you need to get a Jobo if you're shooting four by five. Well, he knows his stuff. Yes. He's like, you have to have a Jobo processor. It's the only way to get even development. So I'm like, all right, like crazy old man. But he knew his shit. I wasn't questioning him. Yeah. yeah. And so I ended up going home shooting. Um, no, I didn't shoot a wedding. I went home and I started searching for Jobo processors. And I found one in my area for four hundred dollars. Oh, shut up! And I sold, I sold my uh, my Fuji X Pro One for four hundred bucks. So I sold my last digital camera for my Jobo <laughs> processor, and that's the Jobo processor I've had today, and it's paid for itself, like you know, tenfold. And I, like that. Yeah. I uh, yeah, and and that really changed things for me. Once I got the Jobo, I had this damn thing on my kitchen counter. Like, it was part of my house's decor. (laughs) The huge Jobo on the kitchen counter. And then my stepdad said he was building, like, a new garage. And we have this well house on our property because we live on a well uh, in the mountains. And so he told me he was building a garage for his extra stuff. And I said, well, can I build the well house into a dark room? And he actually said I could. And so that's kind of when it really took off for me. So I, I found a sink. And I moved in and I, I put the Jobo down there and I started collecting pieces on Craigslist to just see what I could find. Um, I found that film dryer. I have a stand-up film drying cabinet. It took me years to find one, but I got it for $100. Whoa. Wow. Yeah, with an enlarger. It came with a Bessella enlarger. So I no came way. I came home with an enlarger and a dryer. Um, and then my 4x5, I have like this 4x5 enlarger that has like an automated like rise and drop. And I got it from this dude. um, He was a college professor up in Butte County, about like, you know, a couple miles away. And uh, this poor old man had lost his leg, like in some accident. So he was like wheelchair ridden. And so I went to his house and he had all this enlarger and photo stuff in his garage that was just rotting away. And he had like this pile of rocks that I could tell he was shoveling with like a a wagon (laughs) next to it. I'm like, dude what are you doing with these rocks? And he said, uh, I'm shoveling them. It's going to take me six months to move them all. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, dude, I'm going to move all these rocks for you. I spent two hours shoveling rocks in this guy's driveway because he was handicapped. Right. And he gave me the four by five. And like, and he gave me, he's like, he took me to his house. He took me to his photo library. He gave me all of his photo books. I got like so many amazing like photo books out of it. Uh, he gave me like a whole bag of old film, like so so many trays, like so much crazy stuff, and like wow. I just like helped him shovel some gravel. So you know, I hate it when people tell me that film's too expensive because that's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not looking in the you, right places. You just gotta want it bad enough. Right. You gotta look. You just gotta. So yeah, I've built my dark room for you know under a thousand dollars probably. Wow, and that's so, amazing. It is. I, I love it, and I, I just you just gotta search for darkroom stuff on Craigslist. People will give you all of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know, it's like we're getting in that cycle of it's coming back around. So like now is the time to like scour and yeah, get, get it on all. it now <laughs> because it's yeah, it's definitely coming back around. Yeah, but it, just like you said, Chris and and Travis, you know, people. I, I remember I had a buddy, He would, he's like a flea market dude. He just goes every Saturday and Sunday and he'll text me if he sees something that's, you know, an enlarger or uh, trays or thermometers, beakers, anything like that. Like he'll text me and like, hey, do you want this? And it's like, 
Yeah. Yeah. No. What are they asking for? Do they know what they have? Do yeah. They, but it, almost every time it's like, yeah, I'll take the enlarger and see what else they'll have. And they'll usually throw it all in because they don't want it and they right. don't know what to together. do with it. Yeah. And it's just like, it's probably cheaper to sell it all together for some low ball price and then junking it than paying to take it to the, to the, to the junkyard or whatever. And you never know. The thing is, is that sometimes I've gone to, I've gone to go look at a house for an enlarger and then they have cameras there. I mean, yeah. They, oh, they yeah. all go hand in hand. So, you know, sometimes they'll post an enlarger and they'll have a Jobo processor. And so yeah. you gotta, you just gotta, you just gotta be willing to go out there and get it and actually make deals happen because that's where all this stuff exists. It, it exists in someone else's garage. Right. It, you're not, Very true. You're not gonna get a good deal on eBay. That's where it ends up when it's, that's the end of the line. So. Yeah. A lot of people are like, wonder where I get my collection from or where, how do I find these cameras? It's like, just I'm just looking, looking yeah, where old stuff looking. is. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you just find old stuff and it's, it's, film is only, like I said, it's only as expensive as you want it to be. I, I love I love thrifting. I know we talk about it a lot on this show, but you know sometimes best thrift you really find, go. What's your best <laughs> thrift find? And it oh, needs to be man. a thrift store. You know, I find a lot of stuff on Craigslist. Thrift store, best thrift find. It would probably be the. Um, I found an old. It was it was broken down into into pieces. It was in a box. I didn't even know what it was until I got it. But I had rec- I just sold it today it was my omega omega view four by five rail system camera but i took that thing from they nobody even knew what it was it was just a box in the corner of uh arbor house it's this like little little thrift store you know it's just a little Uh antique thrift store and it was like 25 bucks and restored and put back together i barely did anything you know i just fixed the the bellows and Got a, a couple new screws. I mean, not the original stuff. It was still kind right. of, it was kind of like a robot, but it definitely the best thing I ever found. I, I you know, I've never found like the, oh, well, I, I mean, I found a, an Olympus Epic, but I'm so played out on that whole thing that <laughs> it wasn't even that special. Like that was more special to me because, you know, large format is not very common these days, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah, not, it's a cool not, thing to find for sure. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Chris? I, I don't know if I've ever I haven't really your... had that much exciting luck. Um, I found a, I guess I, I found a Pentax K1000 oh, yeah. find for, like, store. for like 15. Okay. That's good. Yeah. But that was like, yeah. that's like my only <laughs> really good one. You're not thrifting enough. I guess. I feel like I thrift. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's like, so, you know, you go out a lot and then you get burnt out and don't go at yeah. all. That's the Definitely. problem. That's when I know. you, you got to keep going. I just have to follow my senses. I could feel it when I'm driving by. Mm. Yeah. It's spidey think... senses. Yeah. Exactly. And anytime I see like, garage sales or neighborhood yard sales, I definitely stop. I used to not stop. And then uh, not too long ago, it was like last year, I did a like a small student class of just like teenagers around town here that wanted to shoot. So we went and shot a roll film and then developed it, blah, 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 blah. And while doing that, I really, I had that one kid that like is still sticking with it. He's still That's doing awesome. it. He's still shooting. And now he's like my full blown competition when it comes to like the Goodwills and uh-huh. the, the antique malls <laughs> oh, around yeah. here. I like, have a there, buddy like that. There has been a handful of times I'm like walking in to Goodwill and it's like the good Goodwill that's like out of the way that always has at least my a town's Goodwill is yeah. the good one. Yeah. 
And I, he is always walking out when I'm walking like, in. Damn and he's it. just like, he's like, man, you don't even, and I was like, I don't even want to know. Just keep going. Like, I love yeah. you, dude, but like, don't tell me because I'm going to take it from you. So just <laughs> keep going. And, but it's, it's, uh, I, there's not really much competition in my area. So that's good. Yeah. I, I find no joy in my buddy getting good deals. Oh, not yeah, at no, all. me either. So Every time somebody's like posting, like I found a she could she four for three dollars, I literally my heart like breaks in half, and I'm like in a bad mood. Someone posted a Nikon uh, M rangefinder, like the first rangefinder Nikon ever made, mm. like a six thousand dollar rangefinder. They posted it on the film oh, camera I saw page, that. and it, he got it for four dollars or some crap or oh, ten bucks, no. and it was. It was like 30 minutes from my house. Uh. <laughs> and I, I like, I contemplated suicide that yeah, day. Yeah, I yeah, I, yeah. I was like, I'm done now. I'm never shopping. I'm never looking again. And it was at a garage sale and I don't hit enough garage sales. See, garage sales, like, I got to start going to. There was a tax yeah. sale in my neighborhood. I could have just walked across the street, but I, I don't know. It's like, I feel like the disappointment is like too much for me now. I'm just like, I'm just going to be upset because I don't have anything <laughs> You got to ask him too. I know. Sometimes oh, yeah. they'll put him out. got to mm-hmm. ask. Man, I remember this is just random. I, I was out just cruising around. I don't know what I was doing. Just driving around on like a Saturday or Sunday afternoon. And, um, I stopped at a house. It was one of those like yard sale on Smith street. And then you like, you keep following the arrow signs and balloons around the block and finally found it after like 20 minutes of searching for this place. And I get up to the driveway, I go into the garage and they're like, man, everything's pretty much wiped out. So I didn't really, I was just like, Oh, okay. Well, I'll still take a look around. I took a lap around and I didn't see anything. I didn't see anything at all, but like, just like old magazines, which are always fun, but you know, I have a million of them, don't have mm-hmm. space for them. Yeah. And then I asked the lady, I was just like, hey, was there any, you know, camera equipment or, you know, old eight millimeters or even old films, old VHSs, old photo albums you guys don't want? Because I like that stuff, too. I like mm-hmm. it's weird. I have an obsession with other people's old photos, too. And um, <laughs> she was like, oh, you just missed it. We had a an old Nikon, you know camera with uh it, it was a bag and it had three lenses but somebody oh, somebody came in and stole it they oh, like they no. nabbed it so i'm like okay well i'm gonna take one more look around i take one more look around and they i don't know if they thought it was like a digital camera and when they realized what it was they just chucked it into the bushes but they it was a. Uh, Oh man, it was a. It was. Just, it, it wasn't. It wasn't the camera that mattered. It was like a Nikon N sixty five or something like okay. that. One of those like plastic bodies, but it had uh, an eighty five millimeter lens that was what? yeah an eighty five, <laughs> which I still have uh, a twenty eight to two hundred. Really nice. Like I never really used telephotos, but right. she she ended up giving it to me. She was like, oh, you know, bless your heart. Like I can't believe you found that. It was my nice. dad's. He loved it. Blah. And she's just like, you know what? Take. I was asking Aww. 50 for it. 50 would have been a steal just yeah. for the 85 that's in it. Definitely. It was an 85 like 28 or something like that. It was the old the old glass with like the gold ring and stuff. It, was, it was really nice. And she was just like, take it. Like, Killer. That's a good story. That's a good thrifting story. <laughs> I'll never forget that because I was like, she's like, well, we do have some like yard stuff and plant potters in the back. And like my girlfriend and I were obsessed with like 
plants on our porch and stuff like that. So I'm like, well, maybe there's some cool potted pots back here. I'll go look. And there it was just like chucked into the bush. Like the kid saw it was a camera. It was probably like, ooh, I can get 40 bucks for this at the pawn shop or something like that. And then was like, oh shit, what is this? This isn't a chucked it in the trees. So funny. Yeah. Crazy. All right, guys, this is a part of the show where we take a question from one of our listeners. And this week's question comes from Brian Roberts. And his question is, this is specifically for you, Travis, just so you know. He says, fan of the podcast and Travis. Question, have you used your speed graphic lately? Mine has been sitting for a while, mostly because I haven't gotten into a good workflow for developing and scanning. Any tips? Um, so, yeah, I, I have been shooting my speed graphic lately. For anyone out there who has a speed graphic, my number one suggestion is to make sure your rangefinder is synchronized, calibrated, and shoot that thing handheld. Don't be scared because that's, that's <laughs> nice. what it was made for, and it'll give you a whole lot of freedom. Uh, once I started shooting mine handheld, my 4x5 shooting just took off. I shot like 40 or 50 sheets in a month. And it gives you the freedom and the excitement of shooting a normal camera. Um, But to answer your question about developing. So my biggest problem when developing, like I mentioned earlier, was even development. So um, I introduced a rotary process to my 4x5. And uh, there's actually a cheap way of doing this. Uh, If you get a Patterson tank and the Mod 54 insert, I think those yeah. Mod 54s are like 40 bucks or 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. Either way, that'll give you a it'll give you a holder for your 4x5 to fit inside this Patterson drum. And then what you could do is if you look on eBay, there's these old Beseller motor bases. It's called the Beseller motor base. It was used for old color chemical uh, or color print processing. Anyways, it's an agitator and it'll roll that Patterson drum back and forth for you. Um, it, it does like one rotation one way, one rotation the other, just like a Jobo processor. And what that'll do is it'll actually cut your chemicals in half because you won't be inversion processing. You won't be doing an inversion. You'll just have it on a roller so you could cut your chemicals in half and you could get nothing but even developments on your 4x5 sheets. And therefore, you'll be like way more inclined to shoot 4x5 because it's not such a pain in the ass because it's less chemicals, less process, and good development. So that's what you got to do. Go buy the Mod 54 and a Basella roller base before everyone starts buying them. (laughs) And uh, yeah, you'll be super dialed. It's like the poor man's Jobo. I've seen that. I've seen that going around lately. A couple people posting on their like photo blogs and stuff like that, talking about that. Yeah. Your buddy Trav knows about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's crazy that you say about the hand holding because I have a, a Toyo Field 4.5 and it's definitely got like a hand strap, but there's no like range finder for it. You basically have to like look in the little window that they give you to line up the shot. Oh, really? But I, I know you can get those like clip on rangefinder deals that you like put in the hot shoe or cold shoe. Yeah, I mean, that's tough. Yeah, it's it's tough without a rangefinder really because yeah. of the speed of it. But man, shooting with that rangefinder is the best. Uh I need to look into one of those because I, I would love to get into some handheld four by five. Because it's not really you have to realize, you know, with the fast shutter speed, I'll just use four hundred ISO film. Yeah. Uh, shoot at 500th of a second, sunny 16 rule. And, and then my aperture also covers in any, it covers for any, uh, discrepancies with my rangefinder. 
you know, if I'm never going to be shooting wide open, like what the hell? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be at 5.6 or F8 or something. And um, I mean, I shot a whole BMX contest handheld with the speed graphic. Wow. And I shot like 60 sheets over the weekend. Wow. And so after that, like shooting portrait, I could shoot, I could shoot like wedding photos with a speed graphic now. Cause it's, yeah. you just, you just have to get used to it. It's like with any camera. Right. If you shoot it enough, you get comfortable with it. And I've gotten comfortable with my speed graphic now where like I could shoot a portrait before someone's even ready for me to shoot it. That's awesome. Yeah. I agree. I agree with that completely because I, uh, I used to walk around. I did a whole book project on well, using the Mamiya RB67, and a lot of people—that's a were, large format camera, yeah. Yeah, it's like a lot of a lot of people were like, "Well, how did did you use a tripod all the time?" And it's like, no, I just handheld it, and I you you know you get that memory, the muscle memory of carrying it, and the quickness of like the waist level viewfinder. Like I could pin sharp, like get nail focus all the time. I mean, you yeah. just get used to using it. I mean, if you carry the same camera all the time. It just becomes, you know, a part of you. So it's I mean, so easy, yeah. And, yeah. and and once you, I mean, once I felt that, once I started shooting my speed graphic quickly, you know, pull the slide, release the shutter, put the slide in, crank the shutter, flip the holder, pull the slide, I'm ready again. Damn, you know? that's cool. And so, and, and and then it's just so second nature, and then you feel like I, I'm always trying to be the most photographer I can be. You know, like I want my hands always to smell like fixer. Yeah. I want like a dark cloth scarf on every day. Like oh, I, I just want to be, I just want to be the most photographer. So like if I'm out there with like an old camera with a, a little fanny pack full of four by five holders, like I'm a badass. That's for sure. <laughs> I, I agree. I love being that guy too. Like the and nothing wrong know. with it. And you know what? Yeah. I, I was out there. I was out there at this contest and every guy out there had the same credentials as me. And I had the, the, the dudes with the TV cameras were like, yo, that's awesome. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like you know, I'm like, you're getting paid more than I'm getting paid. You think I'm cool. So that's all right. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's awesome. great. And I had the photos, the, I had the photos the same day too. So, you know, it's four by five. You just got to do it. Mm-hmm. Just got to develop it. Shoot, develop yeah. all in the same. Yeah. Shoot, develop a uh, scan, I guess. <laughs> I, I used to do that. That was like my thing, you know, just like you said, in an hour I can flip it and I'm scanning it, you know, but, um, I've started kind of saving film now too. I like, I like the surprise, like just, uh, last week I did some of the stuff from when my parents were here in, in the middle of April and just seeing those photos was like, Oh yeah. Like I'm glad that I kind of yeah, waited. When you, when you it, forget what, what you shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the best too. That, that's I when it feels that. like, you know, it's like Christmas because you're like, I don't know yeah. what's going to come back. Yeah. I need to hide rolls around my house or something. There you go. I, like a little Easter egg hunt. <laughs> I used to be the exact same way, but I, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to come at it from a different angle because I felt like I was like shooting the same stuff, you know, shooting right. the same bird feeder, shooting the same tree, shooting the same everything. Like I just, I, I needed a change. So I think what I'm yeah. doing now is kind of giving me a little bit of a lust again for for the process. Well, I always tell people that photos are the one thing that they always gain value with time. Mm-hmm. Always. And they mm-hmm. never stop. So that's the that's kind of my whole theory. It's like, do you would you rather shoot your photo now and see it now, but not have it in twenty years? Ooh. Or would you rather shoot shoot it now and wait a little bit and then you could also have it in twenty years? <laughs> yeah. It's True. like wait because it'll be more valuable once you see it after the wait, and then it'll be even more valuable when you flip through your binder twenty years from now. 
because yeah. you know, then you get to see your funny haircut or your weird clothes style, and then it's yeah. Yeah, and then exactly. that photo that meant nothing has that more value. Every single time you look at it, it has more than the last, and so it's uh, I kind of do like that waiting. And I, I had a buddy of mine just send me his all the film he's ever shot over the past like six years. He never had any of it developed. Oh wow. man! And so he man. like sent me ten rolls of film, like his his like honeymoon in Alaska. Like photos like from years ago when he used to live with like different friends. Now he's married. Like cool shit. And I'm like, you are so lucky that you get to do this. Like, yeah. yeah. You only get to do that one you, you time. Should, like, like, that's like a kind of a funny thing. Like you, th- t- that could be like even like a, a project, personal project, like shoot a roll and then like write on it. Do not it develop yeah. until the time 2019. Role, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think a buddy of mine, I'm going to tell someone his idea. I hope he's not mad, but Dan Crosley, I don't know. You guys must know Dan Crosley. Yeah, right? I've, I've, I've heard the name. Yeah. Everyone knows Dan Crosley. He, mm-hmm. uh, he told me that he got a, um, an Ilford HP five disposable and he was going to take two photos of his kids every month for the first year. And then when they were like five or six, he's going to develop it with that's them. That's cool. Oh, and I'm like, dude. that's badass. Yeah, it's so cool. And I love that idea. There's, yeah, yeah, there's like so many like little projects like that you can do. Right. Uh, yeah. With film and and film. That's all. That's all you got to do to stay motivated mm-hmm. is give yourself a some sort of assignment or a project, and then it's brand new again. Now you could look at things exactly. all all new again. It's so true. Or change it up, like you know, Timothy. You're changing up your workflow, or changing up, you know, what you're shooting on, what you know, what camera you're shooting on. It's like just switch one little thing, and it's like, bam, everything's brand new again. It's so true. Yeah, I love it. Anyway, um, thank you for sending us that question. Yeah, that, that was, was a good a, one. That was a good one. Um, yeah. So our next little segment of our show, Travis, is we like to ask our guest. If you had to pick one camera for the rest of your life, what would it be and why? Oh, shit. The rest of my life? Yep. <laughs> yep. It's so hard. It is so hard. Oh, my goodness. It's just uh, always cool to see how people take it, like what direction they go in with this, because it, I'm not going to say anything yet. I don't want to change your opinion. But Okay, that's fine. Um, <laughs> I'd have to... I'd have to say my Hasselblad. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. The Hasselblad... Um, I've had it – like I said, I got it very early on in my photography career. So ever since I've owned a Hasselblad, I've always owned a Hasselblad. So I've been shooting one for over 10 years and um, I've visited the Hasselblad factory actually. So it's like – Where's that? Really, uh, it's in Sweden. Okay. I was like, it's yeah. It's in Gothenburg. <laughs> yeah. So they – yeah. I've, I've like had a story written about me being a Hasselblad shooter. Oh, great. Yeah, I knew that. I forgot about that. That's yeah. Cool. So I – they kind of – like they really are special to me. My grandfather's Swedish. So uh, I really love – It's in your lo- blood. Like I have, it's in your blood. Yeah, it's in my blood. I really <laughs> love the Hasselblad camera and um, and I've shot so many rolls with it that I'm actually very comfortable. It feels like a point and shoot to me when, mm-hmm. I, when I'm using it. It's not um, – when I shoot it, it's a no-brainer and it's comfortable and it's mechanical. It'll never quit working. That's the best well, I mean, part. It will. It's a Hasselblad, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's mechanical. In theory, it would never quit working. It would be easier to get fixed, at least. Yeah, and and you know the it, they're just so special. The images from it uh, are really unlike anything else. The the background separation and the sharpness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah, it's excellent. I, I almost said a Nikon F two because that's a that's a good one, but the Hasselblad for sure. I'm glad you went with the Hassi because I, I think you're the first one that that chose the Hassi as their. Yeah, their, it's so funny because it's everybody always says something different i love this question yeah that's awesome yeah 
That's really I, awesome. Uh, my, fa- my favorite are the guests that just, they can't. Yeah, like, they're they, like, well, this for the... Like, yeah, they end up naming 14 cameras. <laughs> and it's like, no, it's supposed to be one. <laughs> yeah, well, I like, shot well, a lot, so I know what I yeah, like. Yeah. Yeah. That's Too great, funny. though. I love that. That's still... I still need to get one. I can't believe I've still yet to own one. Oh, they're so small. They fit... Yeah. The The story is, is that Victor Hasselblad, he carved a piece of wood first, and he carved out this piece of wood just to see how it would fit in his hand before he even built the original camera. So oh. there's actually there's actually this wooden block, Hasselblad, with a metal ring on the front to even out the weight, and, and I've held that wooden block in Sweden... Oh, that Victor, wow. yeah, that Victor Hasselblad carved out, and it's it's the shape of a Hasselblad, just so he could get the feel for the size before he built it. Okay. And so it's that's per- a great it fits story. Perfectly. And yeah, it's amazing. And it's like I actually have this poster above my computer that has the whole history <laughs> of Hasselblad, and the wood block is on there. Oh, cool! Oh, that's my so computer. Good. I can't pick up the computer. <laughs> 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 but yeah, that's it's a special camera. You got to shoot one. Definitely cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Travis. This has been been awesome chatting with you. Thank you. I love it. I, I wish I could go on podcasts twice. It doesn't usually work that way, though. <laughs> and we, we've had guests come back, so. Oh, well, invite me back yeah. sometime. We'll, I love talking uh, yeah. I might have to have you back for sure. Um, can, can you tell everybody where they can check you out online, like your social media and stuff? Uh, yeah. My, my YouTube is Forest Hill Film Lab. That's a good place to find some of my videos and whatnot, just information. And then um, my Instagram is Killing Dreams. K-I-L-L-I-N. And that's pretty much it. I'm on Facebook too, but Instagram. Do you have Do you have any place where people can check your workout? Do you post? You know, I used to post on Flickr a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went to go save some of my old photos and it said like I couldn't save the full resolution photos. Really? And then, oh, yeah. And then I realized that I was just wasting a whole lot of time because I can't trust any of this stuff. So yeah. uh, I'm just like a, I'm just like a conspiracy theorist about my digital files now. So I just post on Instagram and then the rest is for me. Okay, cool. <laughs> awesome. Timothy, what about you? Guys, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Timothy Makeups. Um, you can also find me on YouTube at youtube.com slash Timothy Makeups Ditzler. I do film photography related videos. I also do a solo little podcast over there called We Believe in Film. It's on YouTube and it's on SoundCloud. I think that's, yep, I haven't started anything else. So Chris, where are you at? Uh, I'm Crispy Photo on Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Um, I, I have a little film photography. Instagram is Crispy Shoots Film. We are Analog Talk Pod on Twitter, Analog Talk Podcast on Instagram. We have a Facebook page you can like and a group you can join. And we love chatting with you guys on that. You already know. Um, and that's it for me and us. Oh, Chris, your traveling film camera. You just brought oh, that back Oh, yeah. Into the, Thank into you the mix. for reminding. So I'm bringing back the traveling film camera. This is actually, I was thinking, my, my best like thrift find. Yeah. I should have said that because that camera, I, I paid like three or four dollars for it. It's a little uh, stylus. And it's been around the world. 150 oh. zoom that I've, any friend that's traveling, I give them a roll of film and they take the camera. So it's been to Israel. It's been to Japan. It's been to South Africa. It's been to India. That's awesome. I <laughs> yeah. love that. So that's traveling film camera on Instagram and you could follow Hell along. Yeah. It's, it's about to go to Europe. So I'm excited to bring that back and that's it. Nice. All right, Travis, thanks again for joining us. Um, this has been really, really fun chatting with you. We appreciate awesome. it. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right, guys, we'll uh, see you in the next one. 
First off, I'd like to thank Travis Mortz for being on the show. He was definitely on my my list of folks I wanted to interview for the podcast. Guys, don't forget to head over to patreon.com slash analog talk. Every little bit helps. You know, a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, twenty-five dollars. We have a bunch of tiers over there. We give stickers away. We give pins. Chris and I can give you some photo tips. We're going to be doing group chat hangs where it's just patrons only. The reason for the Patreon basically is to give us more time. Time. You know, if we can afford to take time off of work, we can bring you more shows and more material. We have tons of ideas of things that we want to bring to you guys. So for all the Patreons already, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We appreciate it. And guys, until next week. Oh, wait, don't forget to head over to Polaroid Originals. Use Analog Talk 10. Get 10% off your purchase. I mean, how cool is that, guys? All right. We'll see you in the next one. Later. A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.